Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger. Welcome to the cafe, my friends. Well, prepare to be inspired today. I've invited my favorite EFT expert to join us today and share his tips for helping us tap into abundance, prosperity, and overall entrepreneurial success. He's a rock star at it. So let me introduce this rock star. EFT expert and best-selling author Brad Yates has had the privilege and pleasure of working with a diverse group of clients from CEOs to professional and NCAA athletes, from chiropractors and psychiatrists to corporate and federal attorneys, from award-winning actors to residents at a program for homeless men and women in Santa Monica. For several years, he even taught a weekly class using EFT and guided imagery at Sacramento Drug Court. Brad's also been a presenter at a number of events, including several international energy psychology conferences and the Walk on Water Fest in Los Angeles. He's presented at Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success event and has done teleseminars with The Secrets stars Bob Doyle and Dr. Joe Vitale. Brad has also been a featured expert in every Tapping World Summit. He's the author of the best-selling children's book, The Wizard's Wish, the co-author of the bestseller, Freedom at Your Fingertips, a featured expert in the film, The Tapping Solution, along with Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, Dr. Norman Sheely, and Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he's been heard internationally on a number of internet radio talk shows. Now, for those of you who have suffered through some dry podcasts, you should know that Brad's eclectic background also includes several years as an internationally performing actor. And yes, it's true. He is a graduate of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College, where he was selected to be the MC and a featured performer in the final show, Under the Big Top. Brad is a caring professional with a sincere interest in seeing people produce extraordinary results. He lives in Sacramento area with his wonderful wife, their two magnificent kids, and I am proud and honored to call him my colleague and my friend. So welcome to the cafe, Brad Yates. Thank you so much. Happy to be here with you, Erica. I am delighted. And today I'm drinking green tea and we're here in the cafe. So what shall I pour for you? Well, at this time of year, I think I'm going to have an eggnog latte. <laughs> oh, wonderful. That'll be good. All right. Cozy up. Let's have a chat. Yes. I was thinking we should dive right in since you are uh, EFT expert extraordinaire. And I know my audience has heard me blab about EFT before, but there's nothing like hearing it from you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about EFT, what it means, what it is, and your perspective. I'd be happy to. So EFT, short for Emotional Freedom Techniques, or as many of us just call it, tapping, is literally a process of tapping with our fingertips on our face and torso. And as you said, your audience knows about tapping, so (laughs) usually I have to give the disclaimer of, okay, if this is the first time you've heard about this, I know it sounds a little strange, but there's a very good reason why we do it. So originally, it was based on acupuncture. 
And so for thousands of years in Chinese medicine, they have said there's a flow of energy through the body along these pathways called meridians. And when this energy is flowing naturally, we experience our natural state of health and well-being, physically and emotionally. And when this energy gets stuck, we don't feel so good. And when we don't feel good, we don't think as clearly, we don't make the best decisions. And that has some unfortunate effects on our life. So in traditional acupuncture, the doctor would stick needles in these key points around the uh, body. And we're just tapping with our fingertips on these points to stimulate that same flow of energy. And then we also have modern research showing that it is a profound stress relief tool. There have been all kinds of different studies. There's a study, have been a number of studies checking the levels of cortisol, which is one of the stress hormones. And in double-blind studies, the control, the, the group that did the tapping, their stress levels and their cortisol levels came down by an average of 24%. Actually, my friend, Dr. Peter Stapleton, recently redid this test, and I think the numbers were even more dramatic. So when, when Dr. Dawson Church did the first study, the lab technicians actually threw out the first batch of results because they said that's impossible <laughs> that the tapping brought their cortisol levels down that much. But it's sure that enough, great. <laughs> yeah. And Pete has also done fMRI studies with brain scans. We can see what, what parts of the brain are being activated, for instance, with food cravings. And then after the tapping, those parts of the brain are no longer lighting up showing that that craving is, uh, you know, someone can say, well, yeah, I don't feel the same craving. And people might explain it away in all kinds of ways and say, well, they're just saying that, or they, that's what they think. But with an fMRI and you see the brain scan, it's like, no, we can see that there is a change in the brain activity. Wow. I love that it's that, it's that proven and it's just that powerful of a tool. So, you know, entrepreneurs are here in the cafe, and a lot of times as we're recording this, COVID's amongst us, and there's some worry on the part of some entrepreneurs in the circle, in the cafe, and they're worried or challenged by their business goals and their business growth and their business wealth. How can EFT address that, and how does it address that? It, well, it, can it can address it on a number of different levels. So Gary Craig, the founder of VFT, said, try it on everything. So with each of the things you listed off, it's like, okay, let's try tapping on this. Let's try tapping on this. So the first one is the worry. Because, yes, there are things about the pandemic that are affecting a lot of people's business. And, you know, we can say, well, I can't tap and just change that. But the worry that we feel about that, our emotional response to that is something that we can decide because there are some people who are really panicked and there are some people just saying, okay, yeah, I'm just dealing with this and it's something that happens. You know, it's like someone who hates brushing their teeth and someone else says, yeah, I just have to brush my teeth. It's just something that has to be done. It's something that has to be dealt with without any emotional attachment to that. And the worry has all kinds of unfortunate consequences for us. You know, whether we talk about it from a law of attraction point of view of, gee, my energy is really not in harmony with abundance right now, or simply my own physical energy. If I'm feeling really worried, I'm probably not going to be doing my best work. I'm probably not going to be seeing opportunities that might be available to me because I'm so stuck in, here's what's wrong. Uh-huh. 
So with the tapping, we can clear that worry and recognize, okay, this is something that has to be dealt with, but worry is not an effective way of dealing with it. And so I have a choice about how my body-mind responds to this. Again, it's just such a powerful tool. I'd love to hear in your own entrepreneurial journey, how did you find your way to EFT? (laughs) How does a grown man find himself tapping on his face for a living? (laughs) (laughs) I I was a different kind of entrepreneur. I was an actor. And uh, I had traveled around the world doing theater and came to Hollywood to be a movie star And in the process of that, I met a woman, fell in love, got married. And when our first child was on the way, I thought, ah, I've got a family now. I should probably think about a backup career. (laughs) So instead of getting a steady paycheck kind of job, I trained to become a hypnotherapist because I'd always been fascinated with the power of the mind. You know, so yeah, from one entrepreneurial thing to have your backup career be another entrepreneurial endeavor. But it started working. (laughs) So I had a small practice going while still pursuing my acting career. And after a couple of years, when my second child was on the way, I decided as much as I loved acting, doing personal development work was really my calling. This is really what I enjoyed doing. And so we left Los Angeles and moving to Northern California, I got in touch with some other hypnotherapists And they were talking about this tapping stuff and this conference, this energy psychology conference going on in Las Vegas. So I went and I took a training with Gary Craig and just fell in love with it, especially when he did tapping on Hershey's Kisses for chocolate cravings. And I was a chocoholic at the time and I didn't eat chocolate for two years after that. Seriously? (laughs) Wow. I had an immediate profound experience of having really wanted something and then could not eat it to save my life. Wow. I don't know if I'd want to give up chocolate, but yeah. 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 Wow. I I got better. I've recovered. So I'm (laughs) able to enjoy when I want to, and then I'm able to put it away when I want to. So I started little by little introducing tapping into my hypnotherapy sessions until little by little, they became tapping sessions with a little bit of hypnosis at the end. <laughs> so you sort of you still combine both, but less of the other, because you're mostly known for the EFT tapping, right? Right. At the end of most of my sessions, I do you know five to ten minute guided imagery, and then at my live workshops, I tend to do those as well. Yeah, and I will say to the people listening, I have had the pleasure and the honor of being in several of those workshops with Brad and. They're transformative and and wonderful. So, well, thank you. It's always a pleasure and honor to have you at them. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say, okay, we we've established we love we love EFT. Both of us, we love how it works. So, your perspective, well, uh, even more than that, how do you use it for EFT itself for you for your entrepreneurial journey? Like, tell us. Yeah, excellent question. It's. For me, the main thing about tapping is it clears our resistance. Mm -hmm. And the extent to which we don't have what we say we want tends to be the extent to which we're resisting it. It doesn't feel safe for us. It doesn't feel right. There are all kinds of reasons why we might block the kind of success that we want. And for everyone out there, 
I, I know many people might say, I'm doing everything I possibly can. And I'm going to say, mm, maybe. <laughs> Most of us are looking at things like, yeah, I could do that. I could put this kind of promotion out there. I could do this webinar. I could write this book. I, yeah, and I'm going to get to that at some point. It's like, well, there's some resistance going on. Uh, one of the main things that comes up for a lot of people is the fear of being seen. You know, even Erica with your podcast, it's like, how long has this been waiting to manifest? Right. right. But some fear of, you know, some resistance, and it may not be an outright fear. Some people are very clear on this panic about being seen. And for many of us, it's much more subtle. And so over the years, doing all the tapping that I've done, I've continued to clear levels of uh, the fear of being seen. You know, and one, someone might say, as an actor, you must not have a fear of being seen. It's like, yes, that's why I was not a very successful actor, because at some <laughs> level, I had some resistance to being seen at bigger levels. So would you say now, like, if you catch yourself even having a smidge of whatever it might be, self-doubt, fear of growing your next podcast or whatever it might be, do you actually stop and take the time to tap on it for yourself? When I am cognizant of it, <laughs> you know, most, most of the time we're too smart for our own good. So I just like everyone else get caught up in, oh yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that later. Or yeah, I just don't feel like doing this today. And I may, and I, and I wish I could say that I was so evolved that, well, first I would love to be so evolved that I never had any kind of resistance whatsoever. <laughs> and barring that, I would love to be so evolved that I could always catch myself and go, oh, there's resistance. I'm going to tap that away right now. So it's, there are still levels of that. And, you know, even with my income, just recent, uh, you know, I've done pretty well for a while, but I've recently allowed myself to do much better. It's like, oh, I'm not even specifically, I'm not really clear what I specifically cleared around that, but something, something shifted. It's like, oh, I just allowed myself to do better than I had been allowing so it's a gradual process of allowing more and more. So yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm very clear of, okay, I'm really dragging my feet on this. There must be some resistance here. And uh, one of my favorite examples is when I wrote my children's book, The Wizard's Wish. And I had written the story and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably going to need about 18 illustrations. And I've always been a cartoonist and I knew I had to do the cartoons because my mom would kill me if I wrote a children's book and didn't illustrate it myself. Mm -hmm. So, but I had some real resistance and I've always had a, a fair amount of resistance about drawing for some reason. And so I'm looking at this and going 18 drawings. Oh my goodness. And if you see the book, these, these are not really detailed things. I, it isn't like Jan Brett one of our favorite children's book authors who has these really elaborate uh, drawings. These are very simple drawings, but to me, it was this huge thing. And I called a friend of mine, Marla Brucker, who's a practitioner and did some work with her. And over the course of the next week, I did 40 drawings. <laughs> wow. And I didn't, I wasn't even fully aware of how I was holding myself back and what the beliefs were but something wasn't there. And by working with someone else who wasn't caught up in my stuff, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm, I'm, we're brilliant at stopping ourselves from seeing what we don't feel safe seeing. 
You know, our mind is not going to say, here's what the danger is, and I'm going to tell you what the danger is so that you can clear that and then put yourself in danger. <laughs> so it's working with someone else in that situation who, who can see beyond my limitations. And it was like, wow, here I've been dragging for almost two years. I was dragging my feet on doing those illustrations. And then in a week, did more than twice as many as I had expected to do. Amazing. So there's all kinds of things. There are all kinds of ideas that entrepreneurs have percolating or that are out there, opportunities that we're, we're telling ourselves, oh, there's no opportunity. There's no chance, especially during the pandemic. A lot of people are doing very well during the pandemic and not yeah. just at the expense of other people. It's not, I'm not talking about the people who, you know, bought up all the hand sanitizer and then sold it at a premium. But but people who have you know been able to see opportunities and and do well and and it's not your fault if you're not seeing those opportunities yet. There's some part of you that's brilliantly keeping you from seeing that. So when we are afraid of something, uh, we have a stress response when we move towards that. Even before we're consciously aware of it, we might have a stress response. And so using the tapping to clear that stress, we start to feel safer. And recognize, oh, it is possible. Oh, hey, I didn't see that opportunity before. I didn't know I could do that. And and things start happening. I would imagine also with, with all the tapping that you do do with others, you're getting some benefit as well. That's one of the things I love most about my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are times where I think my clients are actually fine. They just know what I need. And so they... Uh, they just say, hey, Brad, could you tap with me on this? Why, yes, yes, I'd be happy to. <laughs> and I'm clearing my stuff and they're fine. One of my very favorite things you ever say, have ever said, well, I don't know if it's everything you've ever said because I haven't known you for your whole life, but, <laughs> but since I've known you, is when you talk about self-sabotage being, well, say your words about it. Self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. I love this. So say more. It's my one, my one famous quote. <laughs> <laughs> we need, do we have that on, do you have that on a t-shirt? I, I, I don't have that on a t-shirt. It's oh, been, uh, Brad. It's been put in books. Jessica Ordner has it in one of her books. And, uh, but so we, we so often beat ourselves up for the things that we do that aren't beneficial, whether it's, you know, if we're trying to be healthier and we're eating bad food, or if we're trying to make more money and we waste money or we miss opportunities, you know, oh, I had that really important call with this person today, or I, I was supposed to be a guest on a podcast today and I totally forgot about it and I blew it off. And then we beat ourselves up and we don't recognize that that self-sabotaging behavior is an act of self-love because part of us says, you know, with the, the health thing, I, I need this food. This food is comfort food to me and I'm not feeling well and I'll deal with the consequences later. But right now I need to eat this whole pint of ice cream. It's that's, that's part of me believes that I'm taking care of me. It's an act of self-love and missing the podcast because it doesn't feel safe to be heard by people. You know, as you said, your podcast goes out to several different countries. Right. So if I have a fear of being seen or being heard in this case, then 
it's brilliant if I overschedule things or I find, I may even manifest something uh, like going out and running an errand and getting a flat tire. We are powerful manifestors and we will find ways to sabotage our success in obvious or not so obvious ways. And then when we beat ourselves up for that, that's brilliant because all the time I spend getting mad at myself for missing the podcast is time that I'm not creating another opportunity for myself. Right. Because I don't want that. I don't want to fix it. I want to, you know, I'm doing my, and I'm doing my due diligence because other people will say, oh, well, you should feel bad about doing that. So not only have I escaped what I thought was a dangerous situation, I'm doing the appropriate behavior of beating myself up, which is what everyone expects. When the truth is, it was an act of self-love from a misguided viewpoint. It was, it was a fear that is not rational and is not necessary because I can handle being seen. I can handle getting healthier. I can handle being wealthier. It's just that I have these old beliefs. But within those old beliefs, it didn't feel safe. And so I sabotaged that success in order to protect myself. So when we can come from that place of compassion, it creates such a great opening. It's so beautiful. I mean, it just touches my soul. It it takes me off the hook. It takes us off the hook. Then I don't beat myself up for beating myself up for beating yeah. myself up. I, exactly. It's just what it was. And the compassion, then I, I get to the compassion part. And then the next opportunity shows itself. I. I, I could talk about this all day long with you. I love that you could probably write a whole book about that. Maybe that should be the book I write. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Let's tap on that. I, I, I wanted to do, I've talked about doing a TED Talk and having it, uh, the title is, Your Self-Sabotage is Brilliant, Now Knock It Off. <laughs> there you go. Well, and that could be the name of the book, too. Either way, but the <laughs> compassion part, there's something, there's something there that's just yummy. Well, and that's to me, my several years ago, it just hit me. It's like my real job is to teach people to love themselves. And, and, and part of that is being compassionate with ourselves when we have done things that we think are stupid or wrong or harmful to others whatever it might be, all those things that we feel guilt and shame about. I like to say that if you could open your brain and see all the neural pathways and all of the experiences you've had, all of the lessons you've been taught, most of which are wrong. <laughs> you know, we have so much misinformation. We, people teach us from their fears. So we have all of this misguided information and based on all of that, every decision that we've made, we can look at every decision, including the absolute worst things we've done. And if we could follow the pathway of experiences and programming and circumstances, we'd go, oh, yeah, I see why I did that. Given, given where I was at, that was the only door that I could open. Now, I want to train myself to do better so I wouldn't open that door again. I don't have to. That's not the only door that, was, that is available. It's the only door that I could see because of all of the experiences leading up to that moment. And so when we can say that, then we have much more freedom to make new choices as opposed to, because when we get, get stuck in beating ourselves up, there's a level of that of, and that's just the way I am, and I'm that kind of an idiot. 
And then, because human beings, one of the quirks about us is that we love to be right, <laughs> no matter how wrong we might be. So that if we have this belief of, I always make stupid business mistakes, we will keep making stupid business mistakes because every time we do, it's like, oh, darn it. But part of this is going, yay, I got to be right again. I proved myself right. Boy, I'm so smart about myself. I'm the most self-aware person in the world. <laughs> I guess that's also where the self-hypnosis comes into it too, right? We're sort of repeating that, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. Absolutely. And, and that's what we keep creating to prove ourselves right. And if whatever beliefs you have about yourself, about how you cannot do something well, it's misinformation. <laughs> I love that. Please disabuse yourself of, of that tapping help. Because when we try to change our mind, there's a stress response. It's like, no, no, no. I know it's not beneficial to my success to believe this, but I feel it's my comfort zone. It feels familiar. To believe that I could be more successful feels very uncomfortable and I have that stress response. And that's where the tapping comes in. And we, as we tap and clear out that stress, we start to recognize, oh, I can handle this. I could manage this. There's nothing, any, no level of success that anyone out there is experiencing that I couldn't also experience if I truly wanted to, if it was really what I was going for. So if we were looking at, and I know we're, I'll, I'll mention at the end, you've done the tapping into abundance recording mm -hmm. that you're so generously going to offer to listeners. Regarding that, and it may be in there, are there common issues that people seem to come to you with regarding abundance, prosperity, money, wealth, all that? common issues that people tap on, like I know some that I've heard a lot are, yeah, like I'm not sure I can handle that level of wealth or right. I'll get really tired if I grow that big or like, are there other common ones that come forward? Not that we're going to solve it right here, but just, <laughs> we're just going to throw them out. Do we have at least five minutes? We can do this. Um, <laughs> it usually comes down to either a, a belief about ourselves in terms of money, like I'm not deserving of it, or I don't have the talent that it takes or whatever, or beliefs about money itself. It takes hard work to earn it, or it's uh, the root of all evil and it corrupts people. So either I shouldn't have money because it would be bad for me, or I can't have money because I'm just not the sort of person who has that. You know, my family motto is we never have enough and, and things like that. And there are all kinds of different things that go into that. So with the beliefs about money, it's, yeah, that rich people are all greedy and evil. It can only be made, uh, you know, I've had worked with plenty of people who have been told by their parents, yet the only way to make a lot of money is by hurting people or taking advantage of people. And so there's a part of us that wants to be a good person. So we, at some point, we, we decide, okay, there's the people who've decided they're gonna be bad people and make a lot of money, or there are the good people like me who decide to forsake wealth in order to be a good person. Because surely it's the creator's plan that the good stuff in the universe is only for the bad people. <laughs> 
Right. And I've even heard lately, and well, lately, whatever that means, the last, since we're <laughs> recording this now, right? So say the last six, seven, eight months, the COVID stuff of people saying their excuse or their reason, or not only this isn't a good time, but who am I to be successful, prospering, and making money right now when there's so much want? So I'm really grateful for the money I've been able to make at this time because it has allowed me to keep a lot of places in business. That's you know, awesome. Getting, yep. getting takeout food at restaurants that are struggling, paying for services, different services, and keeping the economy going. We need to keep the economy going. That They've been talking about that. And so particularly for us as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of ways of continuing our income in ways that, that some people don't have that option. And so it, it is, uh, I, I feel to some extent, our duty <laughs> to be able to keep the economy going so that we are able to keep other businesses going. If, if I stop my income, then I stop my ability to help other businesses. I think what might be helpful, if you don't mind right now, is if we did an actual tapping round on some of the stuff that limits our success. Let's do it. All right. So again, you said your audience is pretty familiar with tapping. So I'll just say what point we're tapping on. And if you'll repeat back what I say, and then everyone else can repeat back what I say along with you. Perfect. So actually, first, everyone go ahead and close your eyes, assuming you're not driving. Take a deep breath in and hold it. And let it go. I'd like you to just follow your breath through your body. Just notice what you're feeling physically. Notice what you're feeling emotionally. And I want you to think about the level of success that you'd like to experience. Notice what you see, notice what you feel, notice what you hear, notice what you have. You know, for some people, it might be, oh, I'm able to spend time on the beach. For someone else, it might be driving a sports car. Uh, it could be a number of different things. Allow yourself to put yourself in that situation where you're living this more successful life. And notice what's going on inside. Part of you is going to be excited. Another part of you might feel some discomfort, some resistance. Maybe it doesn't feel safe. And if you're telling yourself, nope, it feels absolutely perfect, I'm going to say check again. Because if it felt completely perfect, you'd already have this or be obviously well on your way. The extent to which we don't have what we say we want tends to be the extent to which we're resisting it. So allowing yourself to be aware of where you might be holding on to that resistance. Notice what thoughts, beliefs, or memories might come up as to why you couldn't or shouldn't achieve greater success. Take another deep breath. Open your eyes. And starting by tapping on the side of your hand. Even though I'm resisting greater success. Even though I'm resisting greater success. I choose to love and accept I choose to love, honor, and accept myself. Even though I'm resisting greater success. Even though I'm resisting greater success. I choose to love and honor myself. I choose to love and honor myself. 
Even though I'm resisting greater success. Even though I'm resisting greater success. Because no matter how successful I might be. Because no matter how successful I might be. Nothing's so good it can't get better. Nothing's so good that it can't get better. So I'm open to the possibility. So I'm open to the possibility. That I might be holding back. That I might be holding back. Not because I'm bad or stupid. Not because I'm bad or stupid. Not because I'm weak or lazy. Not because I'm weak or lazy. But because some part of me says. But because some part of me says. It might not be safe to have more. It might not be safe to have more. And even though I'm resisting greater success. And even though I'm resisting greater success. I choose to deeply and completely. I choose to deeply and completely. Love, honor, and accept myself. Love, honor, and accept myself. And maybe anyone else involved. And maybe anyone else involved. Eyebrow point. All this resistance to greater success. All this resistance to greater success. Side of the eye. All this resistance to greater success. All this resistance to greater success. Out of the eye. Whatever that might mean. Whatever that might mean. Out of the nose. No matter how good it's going. No matter how good it's going. Out of the mouth. I'm open to the possibility. I'm open to the possibility. Collarbone. That it could be better. That it could be better. Out of the arm. And I may be aware. And I may be aware. Top of the head. Of those things that I could be doing. Of those things that I could be doing. Eyebrow point. That would lead to greater success. That would lead to greater success. Side of the eye. And for some reason, I'm not doing them all. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm not doing them all. Out of the eye. It's called resistance. It's called resistance. Out of the nose. And I love and appreciate those parts of me. And I love and appreciate those parts of me. That are holding me back. That are holding me back. Call them believing that it's keeping me safe. Believing that they're keeping me safe. Out of the arm. Self-sabotage is misguided self-love. <laughs> self-sabotage is misguided self-love. Top of the head. And I choose to clear up the confusion. And I choose to clear up the confusion. Eyebrow point. What am I afraid would happen? What am I afraid would happen? Side of the eye. All this fear of what might happen. <sighs> All this fear of what might happen. Out of the eye. All this fear of what it's going to take. All this fear of what it's going to take. Out of the nose. When I think about greater success. When I think about greater success. Out of the mouth. Greater financial wealth in particular. Greater financial wealth in particular. Collarbone. Parts of my mind start to get upset. <laughs> Parts of my mind start to get upset. Out of the arm. And they say, it's okay to fantasize about it. And they say, it's okay to fantasize about it. Top it. By all means, put it on your vision board. <laughs> By all means, put it on your vision board. Eyebrow point, visualize your heart out. <laughs> visualize your heart out. Side of the eye. I'm just going to make sure it doesn't happen. I'm just going to make sure it doesn't happen. Out of the eye, because I don't think I can handle it. Because I don't think I could handle it. Out of the nose, or I don't think I deserve it. Or I don't think I deserve it. Out of the mouth. I have all these reasons. I have all these reasons. Collarbone, why I couldn't or shouldn't have greater success. Why I couldn't or shouldn't have greater success. Out of the arm. And almost all of them are misunderstandings. And almost all of them are misunderstandings. Top of the head. I'm a magnificent child of the universe. I'm a magnificent child of the universe. Eyebrow point. Worthy and deserving of the best this world has to offer. Worthy and deserving of the best this world has to offer. Side of the eye. Nothing is too good for me. Nothing is too good for me. Out of the eye. And I have gifts and talents to share. And I have gifts and talents to share. 
out of the nose and I choose to really share the heck out of them. <laughs> I choose to really share the heck out of them. Out of mouth. And I'm okay with being rewarded for that service. <laughs> and I'm okay with being rewarded for that service. At collarbone. And I'm clearing all the reasons why I couldn't or shouldn't. And I'm clearing all the reasons why I couldn't or shouldn't. I am clearing them at a cellular level. Clearing them at a cellular level. Topic, clearing them all the way back through my past. Clearing them all the way back through my past. Eyebrow point, whatever reasons I've picked up over the years. Whatever reasons I've picked up over the years. Saudi eye, as to why I should resist greater success. As to why I should resist greater success. Out of the eye, I'm giving myself permission to let those go. I'm giving myself permission to let those go. Out of the nose, my success benefits others. My success benefits others. Out of the mouth, it's good for others for me to win. It's good for others for me to win. Collarbone. And so I'm willing to allow that. And so I'm willing to allow that. Out of the arm. I'm setting myself free. I am setting myself free. Top of the head. To succeed in body, mind, and spirit. To succeed in body, mind, and spirit. And take a deep breath. And with your eyes closed, think again about that more successful life and just notice how that feels. Say, it's okay for me to have this. It's okay for me to have this. It's safe for me to have this. It's safe for me to have this. It's good for me to have this. It's good for me to have this. And it's good for others for me to have this. And it's good for others for me to have this. And hopefully that feels a whole lot better and whatever else might be coming up, just keep tapping that stuff away. Oh, Brad, thank you so much. And listeners, I hope you guys all tapped along. And if uh, you're driving and you couldn't, then when you get to a stopping point, pull over and tap. By all oh, that means. That was awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I love that. I think it's a, sort of a nice way to wrap up everything we've been saying and also a nice thought to leave people with anything else that you would love to say or wish people at this point? Yeah, just to, to, to go on that. Yeah, and really allowing yourself to recognize that your success benefits everyone. Assuming that you are involved in an ethical business. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if, if you make money doing things that are harmful to people, Stop listening now. Let's, <laughs> let's put that on the door to the cafe, shall yeah. we? Don't even enter. <laughs> exactly. Right. Good souls only. I'm, I, I, and, and I can make this assumption because I know you, Eric. I know your audiences are not those kind of people. So we can assume that the, the folks listening to this are, are ethical people. And therefore, your success is a win-win situation. So... You know, the, the sales guru, Grant Cardone, will, will, his, his way is saying it, it is your duty, your obligation, and your responsibility to succeed. Mm. And I don't usually go for such harsh ways, <laughs> that, that kind of pressure. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on anyone, but at least allow yourself to know that your success does not take away from other people. It benefits other people. And so really allowing yourself to honor your success and feel good about that and then do what you can to make the world a better place for everybody else. I love that. So we're being good stewards of the world. Absolutely. Sharing our gifts and talents. That's what we're giving them for. 
Now, there's a lot of places people can find you. I know you've got like over, <laughs> what what number is it now on YouTube? 300, over 300? Uh, getting close to 1,000. Oh my God. Yeah. All right, well, I will not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we can edit that out. No. Okay. So on YouTube, your website's probably the best place for people to get the hub of what all of right. what you're doing and stuff. I cannot thank you. And well, I can't thank you enough. I'll thank you enough. So happy to share eggnog and green tea with you today and spend a few minutes and always love being around your brilliance, Brad. Thank you so much for coming by. Oh, thank you, Erica. It's always a great pleasure spending time with you as well. Okay, wealthies, always remember that success is in your nature and true wealth in body, mind, business, and spirit is built from the inside out. All the information from today's podcast, including a link to get Brad's free Tapping Into Abundance recording is going to be in the show notes. All right, podcast team, take us out. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Cafe podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart. Follow your passion, take that inspired action, and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneur's Toolkit over at ericarosscoach.com forward slash toolkit.